Amen. Amen. I trust you're feeling freedom at home wherever you're watching this service this morning because we are certainly feeling the freedom and the presence of the Lord and the Holy Spirit here in the service. We're just rejoicing in His presence, and we know He is with you as well. It is so good to be with you. It's so good to have this avenue to bring the gospel and to worship the Lord, and uh, we know the Lord is going to bless you wherever you are, and He is already. Uh, As you may be aware, this is our second Sunday in our new series called Truth, The Knowing That Makes You Free. The Knowing That Makes You Free. And last Sunday, we mentioned the fact that uh, when we are born again, and we always say this as Christians, that it's not a religion, it's a relationship. But we need to remind ourselves sometimes that when we come to Christ, we are not converted. We are actually reborn. We're not just changing our mind. There's something that's taking place within us. We come alive to the Spirit of God. And that's why even in a context like this morning, as we're worshiping the Lord, no matter where we are, we just come alive in the presence of the Lord because the Holy Spirit who is in us bears witness with our spirit that we are the daughters and sons of God. And so we rejoice whenever we come into His presence. Well, this morning I want to talk to us about walking in that realm of truth. You may recall last week we mentioned that truth in the Greek language, another word is reality. And so to live in truth is actually to live in the realm of reality. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Christians in Corinth, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 he said this, Brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I found it impossible to speak to you as those who are spiritually mature people. Listen, for you are still dominated by the mindset of the flesh. I had to nurse you and feed you with milk, not with the solid food of more advanced teaching, because you are not ready for it. In fact, you are still not ready to be fed solid food. Notice what he goes on to say. For you are living your lives dominated by the mindset of the flesh. Ask yourselves, is there jealousy among you? Do you compare yourselves with others? Do you quarrel like children and end up taking sides? If so, this proves that you are living your lives centered on yourselves, dominated by the mindset of the flesh and behaving like unbelievers. Other translations say that you are acting like mere men, or you are not walking as children of God. And so what we find here is that we have these believers who are relatively new in their faith, but they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lived in them, but they were not living like spiritual people. They were living like carnal people. Now, the word carnal very simply means of the flesh. For example, a carnivore is what? Someone or an animal that eats flesh. The word carnival means raising flesh. And those who may be uh, familiar with the tradition of Lent, a season of abstinence and a season of fasting, well, in many uh, religious traditions, that season was uh, what came before that was a time of feasting and eating meat and indulging. So carnal means of the flesh. And when Paul says you are dominated by the mindset of the flesh and behaving like unbelievers, he's saying that these professing followers of Jesus who are carnal are people who have forgotten who they are. When you are more aware, more conscious of the physical things around you than you are the spiritual things, the Bible says that means that you are carnal. You have forgotten who you are and where you're from. The Bible says in that case that you are ruled by your senses. That even though the Holy Spirit lives in you, even though you know in your mind the truth of what Jesus says, 
you still seem to be dominated by your five natural senses. Hebrews 5.12 says, For you should already be professors instructing others by now, but instead you need to be taught from the beginning. You are like children still needing milk and yet not ready to digest solid food. For every spiritual infant who lives on milk is not yet pierced. They don't yet understand the revelation of righteousness, what it really means to be in Christ. But solid food is for the mature, listen to this, whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters. You see, if you are ruled by your natural senses, then you are carnal. You are still a child, the Bible says, in your faith. What that means is that you are more conscious as you live your day, as you live your life, you're more conscious of the earth realm than you are of the heavenly realm. You're more conscious of the effects and consequences of sin in our world than you are of the blessings of heaven that actually are available to you and that the Lord wants to flow through you. You see, the more you see things from heaven's perspective, the more you get heaven's results. Let me say that again. The more you actually see things or are conscious of heaven's perspective, the more you're going to see heaven's results. Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew 6. Heavenly Father, we ask that your kingdom will come now. Notice he didn't say, keep us until we get to heaven. Keep your people till they get to heaven. Father, we pray your kingdom will come now. May your will be done where? On earth, just as it is in heaven. And that's why it's altogether possible that we as a follower of Jesus, we can be saved, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit, and yet we can still have a carnal mindset that leaves us living within the limitations of sin's curse. Jesus said again in, in John chapter 8, you will know the truth, and that truth will make you free. That truth will reveal reality to you, no matter where you are, what you're in the midst of, what comes against you, what's happening in society around you. If you know the truth, you will know reality from God's perspective if you choose. Well, let me ask you this morning. What if what you see and what you perceive with your natural senses, what if that was not really the truth? What if the uh, narrative that you have accepted as your reality your lot in life. What if that was actually a false reality? Now, just so you know, this idea does not come from the Matrix movie. It actually comes from the Bible. Because Jesus not only talked about it, Jesus actually lived it. He lived that reality. He lived from that realm. And what's more, he made a way for you and me to live in it as well. A way that many Christians don't realize here and now. A way that is just waiting to be experienced. For those who know the Lord, the Bible says that Jesus, of course, is the living truth. And he came, why? He came to show us this alternate reality. He came to show us, as we shared last week, that if the Spirit of God lives within us, in every situation, every day, in every way, we have divine options. Jesus came to show us what this reality is, what is possible in it. He came to show us how to live from this reality. You might say that Jesus was the original one who introduced a new normal, and that new normal is in him. Jesus said that we have been born again. He says elsewhere that we have been born from heaven, from above. And yet it's so easy for us to get so caught up in the things that are around us that we forget who we are. We forget where we're from. 
As Paul says, we live as mere mortals. We live like everyone else who doesn't have those same options, even though we are heavenly people. Peter said in 1 Peter 2, you are God's chosen people. What's more, you are a spiritual nation. Chosen, why? To tell about the wonderful acts of God who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You see, our testimony is not that we're just going to heaven someday. Our testimony is that our lives have been transformed, that we are a new being. We have been born again, and because of that, the Spirit of God now lives within us, and because God lives within us, all things are possible. Because God lives within us, greater is He that is in us than he who would come against us. Our lives can be different, and and Peter says we can tell people present tense of the wonderful acts of God. Why? Because as Jesus prayed, your kingdom, O God, has already come, and your will is being done here on earth where we live as you desire it from heaven. Paul wrote in Colossians 1, be always thankful to the Father who has made us fit to share all the wonderful things that belong to those who live in the kingdom of light. He has rescued us out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, this is where Satan comes in. You see, Satan wants to keep you and me so mindful of the physical realm of darkness that's around us, so mindful of the physical realm of dysfunction, of decay, and of death. He wants to keep us so mindful of that realm of our natural senses that you never access, that you never live in the kingdom of light. Satan does not want you and me living according to the realm of life that we have been born into and that we are channels of to convey to those around us who live in that kingdom of darkness as he talks about that kingdom of gloom of Satan's kingdom. And I believe that's why every single temptation, every hurt, every offense is designed for this. It is to keep you so conscious of and so focused on this death realm in which we live because the more you are conscious of your physical realm, then the less you're going to be conscious of the heavenly realm that you have access to, that you were born from, that lives within you, that God wants to manifest through you and around you. You see, the Bible says in Genesis 1 that God originally created you and me. He created mankind to have authority, to have dominion in this realm in which we live. But we know the story that we gave up that rulership to Satan when we submitted to him through sin. Well, why did Jesus come? Jesus didn't come just to put a band-aid on our sin or our situation and try to improve our lives a little bit. Jesus said he's actually come, John says, to destroy the works of the devil. He's come to expose and destroy the kingdom of God through the cross, through his resurrection, and through sending the Holy Spirit to live within us. So as Jesus said, as you advance, the kingdoms of darkness and gloom will not be able to stand against you. Jesus bought back our freedom through the cross. Colossians says he has seated us with him in heavenly places. It didn't say that we're just going to heaven. Today we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We have access to that realm. And he restored our authority over the powers of this earthly realm. Now if we choose 
to live as slaves in this world, if we choose to be carnal, if we choose to believe the devil's lies, well, that's not God's fault, is it? That's our fault. We make that choice. But you see, the reality is we can be saved and be given dominion by God, but Paul says, yet we can still be dominated by the mindset of the flesh and therefore live like unbelievers, like those who don't know any difference. You see, I want you to catch that word. I believe it's very intentional because in Genesis, the Lord says that we are to dominate, have dominion over the earth, over all the realms. And yet, at the same time, Paul says, if you're carnally minded, rather than having dominion, you will be dominated. And the Lord says, but that's not what I've set you free for. I've set you free that you will no longer be dominated by the mindset of the flesh, but you'll be restored to dominion in your life. In fact, what did Jesus say to the disciples after his resurrection? He says, all authority has now been given to me through my death and resurrection. Now you go in that authority, and whenever you go, my kingdom is going to advance through you. Wherever you go, the darkness and the gloom of the enemy is going to be exposed of his lies, and it's going to be overthrown because the realm of heaven is in you. The kingdom of God is in you. We carry the presence of the Holy Spirit wherever we go, but we need to be free first because, you see, the reality is we will always manifest what we choose to be most conscious of. We will always display, we will always flow out of us what we are most conscious of, always. That's just a, a simple rule. But what you are most conscious of is what you are connected to. And what you are connected to is what will flow through you. Will you say that with me? What you are conscious of is what you are connected to. And what you are connected to is what will flow through you. The Hollywood actor Denzel Washington, he said this. He said, it's easy to spot a red car when you are always thinking of a red car. It's easy to spot opportunity when you are always thinking of opportunity. It's easy to spot reasons to be angry when you are always thinking of being angry. You become what you constantly think about. So watch yourself. This is what Jesus meant, I believe, in John 15. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. You see, before we came to Jesus, we were like a branch that was cut off from the vine. We were dead. We were shriveled. There was no life. There was no joy. There was no fruit. There was no effectiveness. But the Bible says that when we come to Jesus Christ, that we are born again. We are in Christ. We are grafted, as it were, that dead vine into this living vine, the branch, rather, into this living vine. And what happens? The life and vitality of that vine begins to flow through us. We now have a brand new resource that makes us come alive. Those of us who are dead in our trespasses and sins, he has made us come alive. That's the experience of salvation. And it's because we are grafted into Jesus. So the point is, positionally, when you come to Christ, that is where you are. Now, whether or not you choose to live from that point, whether or not you choose to understand that truth and grasp that truth for yourself and live in that is your choice and my choice. But positionally, when Jesus looks at you, that is exactly where he sees you. That's what is available to you. Jesus goes on to say, those who remain in me and I in them will bear much fruit, for you can do nothing without me. What does it mean to remain? 
Some of your translations says, Jesus says, if you abide in me and I in you. I believe to abide, to remain, simply means to make Jesus the place that you are most conscious of. To make Jesus the person, the presence that you are most conscious of. And if you'll do that, he says, that fruitfulness, effectiveness, will naturally flow from within you. But the Lord also reminds us that the reason that so many believers are frustrated rather than fruitful is because we try to be effective for Jesus without being conscious of Jesus. Let me say that again. We try to be effective for Jesus without being conscious of Jesus. We go through the motions of our Christian life. And we may be very sincere, and we, we know how we ought to live. We know certain things we ought to do, even ministry-wise. But the problem is we allow ourselves to be so much more conscious of the death realm, of the earthly realm, of the carnal realm, than we are of this realm of life and heaven that we come from. And so we don't see heaven's effects. We don't see the effects of the Spirit living within us because we're too mindful, too conscious of this realm of death and decay. What you are conscious of is what you are connected to. And what you are connected to is what will flow through you. You know, when you look at the life and ministry of Jesus, what you see is that he's, he's always trying to help people to move past the limitations of just the sensual and to actually move into living in the spiritual. Jesus always is encouraging his disciples, and as we read through his word, we see the same thing, that we're being encouraged to untangle our mind, untangle our soul, untangle our emotions, our feelings, our actions, untangle those things from this realm of death so we can actually live and operate in this new realm of life, the spiritual realm. You know, the purpose of all what people call the do's and don'ts of the Bible. Their purpose is not to impose rules upon us. The purpose of God's Word is to, is to free us from those entanglements. That's why Hebrews says that God's Word is referred to as a two-edged sword that is so sharp, so accurate, that as we submit to the Lord, He's able to come and, and cut away anywhere that our spirit is just being bogged down, anchored into our soul, into the natural senses, so that we're able to soar as a spiritual being, and we're able to bring that same freedom to those around us, just like Shane so beautifully shared this morning by the power of God. You see, sin ties you to the flesh, and it keeps you from operating from the Spirit, from heaven. Now, it might sound like a strange thing to say that we're operating from heaven. What does that mean? It means very simply that when we say, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What we're saying, Lord, is your Holy Spirit who lives in me. You are the guarantee of heaven. You are the reminder that the very atmosphere of heaven lives within me. And so that is what the enemy, that is what sin tries to keep me tied down from, that I never experience it. What sin will do is it will dull your spiritual senses. It is sin that makes it difficult for you to accurately hear the voice of God. And I don't mean just sin and the natural things, of things we do wrong. I'm talking about also the sins of omission, things that the Holy Spirit is calling us to do or to cultivate that we ignore. When He calls us to be in His words, so He can talk to us. When He calls us to be in His presence. When He calls us to step out according to His prompting. 
Those are things that activate life. Those are things that allow the life of God to be released to us and through us. But if we keep saying a no to those things and also saying no to things we shouldn't do, well, then we are going to be dull in our spiritual senses. We're going to have a hard time hearing God's voice. Stress, addiction, lust, anger, greed, fear, physical pain, all these things are designed to keep your mind and your emotions tied to the flesh. In fact, I would suggest to you this morning that all demonic activity is designed to keep you so conscious of the flesh that you're dull to the Holy Spirit. As Paul says, you're not walking as the children of God. Paul says in Romans chapter 6, if you use your lives to do wrong things that your sinful selves want, you will die spiritually. You'll dry up. But if you use the Spirit's help to stop doing the wrong things, you see, it's not just by you trying harder, it's by you allowing the Holy Spirit to help you. Then uh, the things that your body, oh, sorry, but if you use the Spirit's help to stop doing the wrong things with, uh, with your body, you will have true life. You will experience this life realm. You will experience this life that comes from God. You see, the result of sin is that it draws us closer and closer to death because when we give ourselves to sin, as the Bible says, the one who sins becomes a slave to sin. The Bible says that the one who continually sins, your sin stands between you and God. But he's made a provision for that sin to be eradicated. But you see, when we give place to sin, we give place to the flesh, what we are allowing is we're giving permission for the curse to flow in us instead of life actually flowing through us. What you are conscious of is what you are connected to. And what you are connected to is what will flow through you. The Bible goes on to say in Romans 6.16, the Spirit Himself joins with our spirits to say what? We are God's children. Would you say that with me? We are God's children. The Holy Spirit reminds us not only of things we ought to do, He reminds us of who we are and what is our privilege to be and the realm from which we are privileged to live. The Holy Spirit Paul says, himself joins with our spirit. And we all know what that's about. We have all experienced those times when we hear that whisper. We hear that pull on our own spirit to be aware of who we are, to be aware of what we are, to, to, to be aware of what our name is, what our name means. I remember a, a friend telling a story once when he was a child and they were out in the backyard and playing with some friends and as happens sometimes when they're children, they just got carried away. We're doing foolish things. We're saying foolish things. And, and the father could hear them uh, from the kitchen window. And so he went out in the backyard, and he brought his children over. There was three or four of them. And he didn't punish them. He wasn't severe with them. But he said, what's your last name? And it seemed like a peculiar question. So he asked them again, what is your last name? And they said what their last name was. And he said, that's right. Now remember who you are out there. Have fun. Enjoy your friends. But remember who you are. And remember who you are not. And we need to remember that we are God's children. That's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. He wants to untangle our soul, our emotions from the death realm of this world. And He wants to get us reconnected to that stream of life that literally flows from heaven to us. 
That's why we need to be continually renewing our mind, as the Bible says, with the Word of God. Because you see, when the truth of God's Word is in you, when you are feasting, meditating on the Word of God, putting the Word of God into action, what does God's Word do? God's Word reminds you. Just think of that word, remind. You had a certain mind, a carnal mind, but He reminds, He recreates your mind to understand who you are and where you are to be living from right now, today. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, God has lifted us up from the grave into glory along with Christ, where we sit with Him, present tense, in the heavenly realms. That is where, my friends, we are to be living from right now. But we can't live from there if we're not conscious of it. We can't live from there if we don't do what the Lord has invited us to do through simple disciplines, through an invitation of intimacy with Him, through obeying His Word. The Lord says, you will know my Word, you'll know the truth, and that truth, you knowing that truth, will make you free. But you see, we can't know where we're living from right now if we're not conscious of those things. If I'm continually more conscious of of the daily grind, the business of life, the things that need to get done at work, if I'm, if I'm more conscious of, of the person who maybe hurt me or, or of all the fear and confusion on the news that the devil wants to use to confuse me and to control me, if I'm more conscious of those things, then I'm just going to be walking through life, doing what needs to be done just to exist in the natural. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't see what's going on around us, but we are invited to be more conscious of God's realm so conscious of his realm of life that we see what is going on around us, but with a true perspective. We see reality. And why is that important? Because if we see reality, if we understand who we are, where we're from, who is in us, what we carry with us every minute of every single day, then we understand that we can be agents of change who bring light and hope where there's darkness and there's death. I think that's one of the reasons why so many Christians can know Scripture. We can know the things that we should do, but we don't really get the results that we expect. It's because we are just so far away from a consciousness of Jesus Christ, of who He is and who is living in us. We are more conscious, again, of those things of this world than we are of the world from which we have come. We're so consumed with the problem that we just end up reciting God's promises with our head, but we don't really grasp them with our heart. It's not what we truly believe. It's not what we act on. It's not a truth that's making us free because we're not obeying what the Lord is showing us. I'll finish with this. Your awareness of this truth that Jesus Christ is in you, that the Holy Spirit is is in you, that the kingdom of God is in you. Your consciousness of that truth will lift you from merely a Christian confession or a Christian lifestyle into a Christian experience, actually experiencing the presence of the Lord. It's so wonderful that we can worship the Lord and we can sense His presence and we can be refreshed and we can be blessed. And as much as the Lord loves us and wants to refresh us, we know the reason is, right? He wants us to carry that same joy, that same freedom, that same hope 
into the world with us, into the workplace, into our homes, into our neighborhood, wherever it may be, so that they can experience that same freedom that we know. You see, a lot of Christians, I believe, are saying the right thing, they're trying to do the right thing, but they're not having the kind of experience that Jesus said we should be having. And I believe it really comes down to this awareness, this consciousness of Christ in me, Christ with me, to where we actually see things from heaven's perspective, to where we are more conscious of where we are from than where we are right now. Let me say that again. The Lord wants to be more conscious of who we are and where we are from than where we are right now so that we can manifest where it is that we are from. Someone said, if you look around you and see nothing but darkness, then just maybe you are the light. There's a lot of darkness around us, but we forget that we have the light of God within us. And if we will perceive what this new life is about, this righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit that we carry with us, then wherever we go, one life at a time, one situation at a time, one conversation at a time, what do we do? We dispel the darkness and we bring truth. As you know, we've had to, uh, we've had to uh, make changes for this Sunday with all that's going on, and we're not fearful. We just believe it's a wise thing to do. But you know, even in the heaviness of yesterday, scrambling to know what to do, we heard from public health just yesterday, and Pastor Spencer gave me uh, the lady's number that I was to call from public health. And I prayed, Lord, just give me the right words, give me wisdom as to what to do, uh, how exactly do we handle this? I spoke with her, and she began to lay out some of the things that, that we were to do. And, uh, and I said, you know, uh, it must be a very stressful time for you. And she said, yes, it is. And I said, would you mind if I, if I pray with you? And she said, no, I, I'd really appreciate that. And so over the phone, I was just able to just welcome the Holy Spirit to come and to just to touch that woman who was really, I believe, doing the best that she can do and probably has to handle some difficult situations. But as we were praying, I could just sense the Holy Spirit, His love, His affirmation of that person, His, his love for her and His strength uh, just pouring into her. And I know that she was just so touched. She expressed how thankful she was for that word of prayer. You see, in the natural, I could take that conversation and be adversarial. I could be depressed. I could be whatever. But instead, the Lord turns that moment when we understand who we carry, who's with us, that the Lord understands that whatever darkness I face, whatever you know, disappointing uh, times that I face, whatever situation is stressful, the Lord says, you have divine options. Christ is in you. He is your hope of glory. I don't believe that just means in heaven one day. He means you, he is your hope that you can experience glory right where you are. You can experience the kingdom, the glory of God, the beauty of God, the healing of God right where you are, and you can minister that to others. Now, so grateful to be part of simply ministering, sharing the presence of the Holy Spirit with that person on the other end of the phone. So may the Lord bless you. May you receive this word. May it really just be drilled down into your heart. May you be so conscious, so conscious that Jesus Christ is in you. And may we all be so much more conscious as we move back into the week of who we carry with us. Let me pray with you before we leave. 
Heavenly Father, I thank you for the miracle that you have worked in all of our lives through the precious blood and resurrection of Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Father, I pray for all of us. May we be so mindful right now of who we are, not who we will be or where we are going, but who we are, and Lord, what we can bring with us from heaven because you live in us. And Lord, you've given us all authority to have dominion, no longer be dominated, but to have dominion. And Lord, everywhere we go, to bring your peace, your presence, your power, your forgiveness, your salvation, your joy. And so, Lord, we commit ourselves to you today afresh to remember who we are and to remember who we carry through this week. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you. That's your assignment for today. Get alone with the Lord. Say, Lord, show me who I am. And then first thing tomorrow, Lord, help me to carry you wherever I go. God bless you. We look forward to hearing great reports. Amen. Thank you for listening to the GT Moncton podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, contact info at gtmoncton.com. Follow us on social media at GT Moncton or check out our website, gtmoncton.com. Have a great week and God bless.